Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3.16 through 4.9 about signs and wonders. We have a little hint about something that you need to consider in terms of your understanding of God's foreknowledge and sovereignty. For God, he is eternal and he knows everything. Everything is now for God. He knew what Pharaoh would do and what he wouldn't do. He would not release the people because he was too proud. He thought he himself was a god. At least the people would acclaim him as a god. And so he was going to have to be forced to release the people. And 10 plagues were coming. And they're not haphazard plagues. They're carefully planned attacks against the false gods of Egypt. And we're going to see this as we go on and look at the plagues. Some of you may be saying, why, why was the Pharaoh told that they were only going to go three days journey? What does that mean? Was, he, was Moses trying to put it softly to the Pharaoh? Hey, let us go on a weekend retreat. We just need three days. Some argue that the three days is a symbolic number for we ain't coming back. Other people, <laughs> so if anybody tells you I'll be gone for three days, you might want to get clarification. You know, that long weekend thing. Anyway, just be careful. There's, there's a lot of different questions. Some people say, well, a modern way to say this would be, you know, uh, he'll be with you in a moment. Have you ever heard that before? You're on hold. I'll be with you in a moment, sir. Now, did it really mean a moment? No, it did not. Have you heard this one before? Can I have one second of your time? <laughs> sure, one. <laughs> no, that's usually not how it works. Some be- people believe that that's what's going on. Some scholars would say Pharaoh didn't deserve to be told the whole truth. We're talking about warfare here, so who cares what's told to the Pharaoh? You can chew on that. These are just the different views. But what we do know is the Pharaoh was not going to release the people except if he was compelled to do so. And that's exactly what happened. And God knows everything in advance. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what it would take to finally move the Pharaoh. And he was also involved in hardening the Pharaoh's heart. Sometimes the Bible says Pharaoh's heart was hard in and of himself. And then other times it says that God hardened his heart. And some people argue that that simply means that Pharaoh was confirmed in his position. We'll dig this out as we move uh, through the book of Exodus and look at it a little bit more. But God says, this is what I'm going to do since he won't release you. I'm going to stretch out my hand, 20, and strike Egypt with all my miracles. If you have an NIV, it says my wonders. This is literally a extraordinary supernatural event, which I shall do in the midst of it. And after that, he will let you go. I'm going to stretch out my hand and it's going to be, oh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, you should have listened after plague number one, man. But the Pharaoh wouldn't listen and it cost him dearly. And I will grant this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians 
And it shall be that when you go, you will not go empty-handed. Note uh, Deuteronomy 15, 12 through 14. When a slave served in your, uh, for your field or your household, once you released him, here's what the Bible says, you would not release a slave empty-handed. And the children of Israel, 400 years in Egyptian bondage, were not going to go out empty-handed. In fact, the women, we're told in verse 22, would ask of their neighbor and the woman who lives in her house articles of silver, articles of gold, clothing, and you will put them on your sons and daughters. I don't know if this means that they, they were poorly, poorly clothed or didn't have enough for their children. And thus you will plunder the Egyptians. Some people say that you need to see back pay here. That going out with articles of silver and gold is only right because the Egyptians abused Israel for all this time. And so now 400 years of back pay, if you will. And we find out that the people will freely gave to them. Here, take it and go. Here, take it and go. I hope you don't come back in three days after all these plagues have occurred. And so they went out. These were items, by the way, that helped build the tabernacle and sustain them in the desert. Psalm 105, 37 and 38 says, Then God brought them out with silver and gold, and among his tribes there was not one who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the dread of them of Israel had fallen upon Egypt. Psalm 105, 37 and 38. And out they would go as the Egyptians were burying their firstborn. Many, many people had died. It was a major victory, obviously, for the people of God. Moses has heard all this. Now, would you be convinced? All right, let's go. They're going to listen. You're going to do these mighty wonders. But Moses answered and said, what if, put yourself there. If you have a new King James, but suppose, how many of you are good at the what if game? What if, but supposing this happens. And I love the humanity of Moses. And he's concerned mostly about God's people. He says, what if they will not believe me and listen to what I say? Suppose, New King James, they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. What if they think I'm crazy? What if they think I'm out to lunch? Now, Moses was told by God, they're going to listen to you. So what's his problem? Isn't one Bible verse enough for you? Oh, you need extra verses? You mean you can't walk out in faith with just one word from Almighty God? <laughs> Lord, are you sure? Lord, could you confirm it? Lord, if the blanket's wet, you know, if my pillow, whatever. <laughs> Never mind. That could be just drool, you know? So the Lord said, What's in your hand? And he said, A staff. Now, God is patient with Moses, and I love that because he's been so patient with me over the years. What's in your hand? Just a staff. Now, we assume a shepherd's staff, and I would assume that Moses probably carried this staff for many years. Probably never thought much about it. You know, it was useful for him to walk and perhaps, you know, get the sheep where they needed to go. But other than that, he wouldn't give much thought to a stick, a walking stick. Some of you... When you go on your walks, you, you have a stick in your hand. And so he takes the shepherd rod. 
What is it that is in your hand? In Exodus 4, I think it's verse 20, it will be described as the rod of God, the staff of God in his hand. The lesson, and I'm going to give you lessons now from each of these signs that you can apply to your life, is that God can take anything average, something like a stick, and transform it to be useful. He can make you a vessel fit for the master's use. Amen? And sometimes we have things in our life that we think, oh, God couldn't really use this. Sometimes it's even a trauma from our past or weaknesses that we think, you know, yeah, maybe this has been overcome, but how could God use this? And oftentimes that becomes the rod, if you will, that God uses to get other people to see the light of the gospel. He would use this stick of wood. He would set it apart. He would make it holy, if you will. We have this glory in jars of clay. Moses is just like us. He's had this experience with God, but he's going to say at the end of this, and we'll see in a future study, send somebody else. I'm not the guy. And God's going to say, yes, you are the guy, and you are going to go. Remember in in the feeding of the 5,000 miracle, Jesus says, we're going to feed these people. And the disciples are coming up with all sorts of excuses. Lord, there's a lot of people. Even if we went to in and out 20,000 double-doubles is a big order. 20,000 fries and a chocolate shake. You got to have chocolate shake. How, what are are we going to do? Well, there's a little kid over here and he has five loaves and two fish, but what is that among so many people? Send the people away. And Jesus took the lunch of a little boy. And what did he do? He multiplied it. And we look at things in our lives and we say, Lord, you can't use a guy like me. You can't use a gal like me. You know, maybe I don't have a burning bush experience. I grew up in the church. I don't have some overwhelming testimony. But every single one of you have good works that God's prepared beforehand that you should walk in it. Walk in them. Verse 3. So God said, throw it on the ground. Throw the stick, the staff on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> Indiana Jones, the first movie. Do you remember when he gets in the plane after dealing with all that stuff and there's a snake and it's coming up between his legs? He's like, I hate snakes. I hate snakes. Oh, that's my pet snake, Reggie. <laughs> Show a little backbone, would you? I hate him. I don't know about you, but. I share that sentiment. I don't like snakes. They are my least favorite creature. Slithery. Slimy. (laughs) So for you snake lovers, I'm sorry. But Moses did what I would do. He fled from the serpent. He threw down his staff and became a serpent. He's like, ah! He screamed, screamed like a little girl. Ah! Can I get an amen? That's what I would do. (laughs) What's the deal with this stick becoming a serpent? We know God does what he does for very specific reasons. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hey, I want to give you a reminder about an event coming up at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. We're doing a Harvest Fest event a Halloween alternative on October the 31st. It's a carnival theme called The Greatest Joy on Earth, 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Monday night, October the 31st, game booths, inflatables, a bakewalk, trunks of treats, lots of candy, food vendors, music, and a whole lot of fellowship and fun, including the gospel being preached. Admission is free. And if you want to come out and join us, download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. You can get information and driving directions. It is open to you, and I would love to meet you on that night if we haven't met before and you're one of our listening families or even a partner with the ministry. We would like to say thank you. Come on out. You can get everything you need at walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab or the Living Truth app on your app store. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a long-time listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Creature, slithery, slimy. (laughs) So for you snake lovers, I'm sorry. But Moses did what I would do. He fled from the serpent. He threw down his staff and became a serpent. He's like, ah! He screamed, screamed like a little girl. Can I get an amen? That's what I would do. (laughs) What's the deal with this stick becoming a serpent? We know God does what he does for very specific reasons. Well, from history, we know that the Pharaoh wore a headdress and it was designed with a cobra. And his staff was shaped like a cobra. And we learn from historians that the Egyptians believed that the snake was some sort of god, and they even believed that the snake god, if you will, could bring healing to their lives. He had a scepter that was often a stylized cobra. The snake was a symbol, says one writer, of Egyptian power. The Egyptians worshipped the serpent as a source of wisdom and healing. Moses fled from the Pharaoh years earlier 
which could be pictured here as he flees from the snake. And maybe the message is you've been running from what you fear, but you're going to run no longer. The word serpent in Hebrew is nakash. And it does speak of a serpent that uh, manifests itself. We can obviously make the connection to Satan, who appeared as a serpent in the garden, claimed to be spouting wisdom, but he spouted the ultimate lie that plunged the world into the destruction that we see today. Ultimately, this is going to happen right in front of the Pharaoh. Moses is going to throw his staff down and it's going to become a serpent and we'll get into that later. But the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it by its tail. Now, wait a minute. He had just been running from the thing. Now, how many of you would feel the empowerment to obey that command? Now, grab it. I I understand that if you grab a snake by the head, uh, you can immobilize it. There's a certain way to grab it. I've never tried it before, nor will I be. But if you grab a a snake by the tail, that's a dangerous maneuver to try. Grab the snake by the tail. Maybe something in there is what we need to hear as well. Grab it by the tail. Stop being so passive. Ah! Stop screaming like a little girl and get back over here. But I'm afraid of snakes. (laughs) I do believe in snakes. I do believe in snakes. That's from the (laughs) Wizard of Oz. Never mind. What, what's the message? God's going to teach you how to do the uncomfortable. Have you noticed that whenever God asks you to do something, it's rarely comfortable? And I think that this, this is probably the ultimate uncomfortable moment I would have. I remember, you know, we've been on those retreats where they had those, I don't like heights, and they make you walk on these things, way, overcome your fear, man. I'll watch somebody else do it. (laughs) But Moses is the only one being talked to, and he says, grab the snake. It's a picture of God's power over the things that we fear, especially Satan who has the power of death until he is defeated by Christ. What are you afraid of? So many people immobilized by fear, running the other way, instead of knowing the power that they have through Jesus Christ, who defeated the enemy. We are talking in a men's Bible study on Thursday that we battle from the side of victory, not from the side of defeat, brethren. But we, we often walk in fear. That they may believe the, that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Okay, Moses, I know... You got questions. Here's a sign you can use. Sign number two. And the Lord furthermore said to Moses, now put your hand, verse six, into your bosom, the opening in his uh, cloak, if you will. So he put his hand into his bosom or his chest. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Leprosy was a feared and dreaded disease in the ancient world. It's been really overcome by modern medicine now. But it is a terrible thing. And and at this time, for you to put your hand inside your jacket like this and bring it out 
and have it be leprous would be a disaster. Leprosy, in the New Testament studies of the Gospels, is a picture of sin. It eats away. It makes you insensitive to pain and what is happening in your life. And Moses pulled it out, and it was diseased. God says of Israel, where will you be stricken again, Isaiah 1, 5, and 6, as you continue in your rebellion or unbelief? The whole head is sick. The whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there's nothing sound in it, only bruises, welts, and raw wounds, not pressed out or bandaged, nor softened with oil. It's a picture of sin and what sin does to us. And he said, put your hand into your bosom again. And so he put his hand into his bosom again. And when he took it out of his bosom, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Can you imagine how grateful he was? Now snakes and now leprosy. Are you kidding me? Oh, thank you, Lord. What's the message? I have power over what you fear. I can defeat anything that you're afraid of. The power of Satan, the power of the Pharaoh. I can heal anything that you think cannot be healed. In the New Testament, Jesus touched a leper. Don't be afraid. Do you remember that he healed the 10 lepers and only one of the lepers came back? And this is where I'd love to do my Raul Reese impression. One time he was preaching on this and he said, hey man, only one of the leopards came back, man. <laughs> to give praise to God, only one of the leopards. <laughs> and he drove his Chevy when he went. Anyway. Sorry, that's probably a poor Raul Reese. I need to apologize to Raul Reese. <laughs> he can change anything, heal anything, defeat anything. And Moses needs to know this. He's about to go to the leader, the most powerful man on the planet. Do you believe that the Lord can defeat anything that you're afraid of? Do you believe the Lord can heal your broken marriage? Heal your backsliding. Heal whatever's going on in your life right now. Do you believe he has that power? And some would say, see the message from Moses in particular. J. Vernon McGee says his bosom speaks of his inner life or his heart. Out of the heart come the issues of life. In other words, his hand will do the bidding of his heart. Out of your heart will ultimately come what you are. Moses will be a changed man. He will be restored, indicative of that hand being restored back to health, empowered by God to do his bidding. Will you believe? You start believing in the heart and then your actions follow. Amen. You've been listening to Signs and Wonders Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3.16 through 4.9. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. You can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Pastor Michael serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events and services, both for you and your kids, like our annual Harvest Festival coming later this month. If you live outside of Southern California, you can still benefit from the Living Truth app. 
You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Now, if you're uh, wanting to get some midweek fellowship, we do a Wednesday night service at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. It starts at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights, and we are still finishing up the book of Exodus. It's wearing the first part, but it's 40 chapters. So we've been moving through it in all its uh, beauty, and uh, we'll be a about wrapping up or we'll be close to wrapping up. If you want to come out on a Wednesday night, we'd love to have you. 7 p.m. Wednesday nights, uh, Living Truth in the City of Corona. Information and driving directions are available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Just click on that church tab. Hey, if you can't get out to the city of Corona, but you want to worship from home, it does air on our YouTube channel. Just search Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube, and you'll find us right there. But we'd love to have you in person. There's nothing like the the uh, fellowship with God's people. So if at all possible, come on out. It's a precious night. The Holy Spirit moves in a, in a wonderful, powerful way. We'd love to have you. 7 p.m., Living Truth in Corona. See you here. And don't forget, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month, or you can give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And thank you. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3.16 through 4.9 called Signs and Wonders. Hi, Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.